Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Oh yes, this is old school. We got a special edition today on a on a Hump Day Wednesday. Got myself, Jay Foreman. I won't say Hall of Fame. I just call me he just called me Jay. <laughs> to the left of me, you got Sean Callahan. He's joining us from four to five. Huskers online, Sean Callahan. Sorry about that. And Aaron Davis, uh, public speaker extraordinaire. And he's on the drive with uh, Chris Raff in the morning, 8 to 10, right, A.D.? Yes, sir. Yes, and sir. Uh, we are out at Tanner's. We're live at Tanner's, excuse me, uh, Bar and Grill at 30th and Yankee Hill from 4 to 6. Again, Sean Callahan is going to be here from 4 to 5 and discuss the season so far and what's ahead. Uh, we, we implore and encourage everybody to come and check out. Check us out and uh, come del- check out the delicious burgers and Tanner's, and Tanner's lips and more. And uh, this is Old School with Jay and A.D., and we're sponsored by the Mercado Certified Piedmontese, located at 84th and Havelock. We'll get right into it. Um, Sean, I mean, obviously, you know, you do a lot with the Husker, you know, uh, online. But just uh, talk about just the last two weeks for you and your experience of what you could see, you know, the rest of the season and how this might even affect the recruiting or, you know, in the best-case scenario, help recruiting. Yeah, I mean, the last two weeks, I mean, today I'm actually just starting to feel how much these last two weeks have been. You're just Mm -hmm. like, I took a a little bit of a day to breathe a little bit, Wednesday, and you're like, man, these these have been long weeks. And, you know, I think about that night after Georgia Southern walking back to the Husker Online offices. Wondering if your phone was going to go off, right? And I'm just thinking, like, 642 yards, the most ever in Memorial Stadium's history. Um, on the day that, by the way, we honor the scoring explosion, Georgia Southern <laughs> yeah, came they, in. They, they, and, they took the page right out and said, oh, thank you. Uh, we, you know what? We're going to run some of those plays again. They had their own Urban Fryer, Mike Rozier, and Turner. You guys are going to wear the jerseys. We're going to do our own trip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and up jumps the cat, right? It just, you know, you started to hear rumbling Sunday morning. It was what was going down. And you, you still thought about the money piece. But after a while, you're like, all right. Seven and a half million dollars to Nebraska is not enough, not, not a lot of money, and they move forward with things. And I felt like even that day, you know, the Shenander decision may have already been made by Mickey, but it would have been too much to do. Too much, too quick. Too yeah. quick. Yeah. And you needed this bye week. Because I did ask Trev, I, did anybody else get relieved of their duties besides right. Coach Frost that day? And he said, no, um, that will be a question for Mickey, though. He's in charge now. And right. I, I think you know the I think the six forty two was probably what got Shenander fired mm-hmm. as much as the Oklahoma. I mean, the Oklahoma game. I, I look at that game. Both sides were were guilty. I yeah, mean, the offense right. had fourteen possessions, twelve in a row with no points. Right, and, and many of those were one to three minute possessions. Sure, and you heard Mickey say yesterday. He's like, "Yeah, we got to do a better job of holding the ball." It's slowing it down. You can't put this Nebraska defense on the field for 14 possessions right no, now. No. Right. I mean, that's any defense. I mean, it's, it, college football is so much parity, and everybody has good athletes. Because you got to think, these kids that are even going to a Georgia Southern, even a North Dakota, 
uh, or, you know, you saw Southern Illinois beat Northwestern, and you see it almost every week, App State. The, the kids that are going to these colleges are still training like the kid. The, they're doing the same things that the kids right. are going to Power 5, right. so they're coming in ready. And sometimes you face a team that's maybe seasoned, like a Georgian Southern, and so they know with how to play. With an elite coach. Right, with an elite coach, mm-hmm. and they know how, to, know how to play, and he's going to play their strengths. I mean, Clay Helton, you got to give that guy credit. I mean, he, he won a Rose Bowl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, they, listen, it, Clay Helton is a guy who I have a ton of respect for. One, coaching at USC – through the turmoil that went, how he got the job mm-hmm. and how he essentially was always on the hot seat. Then he won, won the Rose Bowl, and then continued to coach and actually fielded a decent team when he was relieved. But he didn't have to go to a Georgia Southern. No. He could have took a coordinator job multiple times. He'd been up for other places. He had Cliff Kingsbury on his staff for right. about yeah. a week. Yep. You know? and then, but, but, but listen, but then he said, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back and I'm going to really show you guys what I can do. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a leap of faith for him to go down there. It's more risk for him because you could go down there and you have one bad recruiting class, guys aren't eligible yeah. or whatever, and you're done because they don't have the depth in numbers. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, we were talking before, and I want to ask AD this, I just felt like one of the things that's always really hurt Nebraska, and I really think this since Frank Solis was fired, and a little bit with Bo, but not as much because I think Bo's team, Bo was real smart how he built his teams. He always had one or two bell cows on offense and one or mm-hmm. two on defense. Now, when he was in the Big 12, it was DB heavy, so that was right up his alley. But he always had two guys, that he, and he always kept two in the chamber, too. They could win with four up front. Right. That was right. always the key with yeah. the bow defense. Right, but he always had a rusher, and then he had a eraser, whether it's a safety mm-hmm. or Levante David. Now, he fell into the Levante David. You know, he takes credit for it because he <laughs> – <laughs> he ain't start him. And I remember I remember talking to Bo. He's like, oh, he's swimming. He's making mistakes. I said, Bo, my man's making 16 tackles, man. Start just whatever defense is he messing up on, that's the defense you need to call. Right. Because <laughs> right. right. it's Levante go get the ball. That's right. it. You know, ready break. Right. Um, but I think that through since Frank has left, I think the what we're, the missing piece has been, and some of it obviously with I-Course is the AD and how that all, how he became AD was just, it was like a, it was like a day like today, and just like, oh, Nebraska has a new AD. Yeah. Is the inability to handle adversity and adjust like on the fly? You can mm-hmm. see it in games, but you can see it also in administration. Yeah. So I want to see what you. I wanted to know what you guys think about that, because I think sometimes if you can't do that from say like when we had Icors, right, where there's the disconnection between the, the AD and the coach then how can you adjust because you ha- you're you supposed to be able to go to your superior mm-hmm. and then you leave somebody out there in the in the darkness. So tell me what you guys think about that. You know, this goes – I was just talking to Sean and both before the air. This has been a hard two weeks, man. I mean <laughs> – and people who are not Nebraska fans just don't understand it. It's like it's just a football – it was not just football to us. Nebraska football is the porch light of our state to the rest of the country. We, we have no other D1 team here. We have no pro teams in any other sport here. That's why we're so heavily invested in it. And, Jay, you bring up a good point. You, this goes all the way back to uh, the unceremonious way that Frank Coach Solich was let go. We have not recovered since. Of course, we had those glimmer years. With Bo had those. Yeah, those Bo. And, and the thing about Bo, Bo rarely lost to a team in lesser talent. It was either teams that he lost to were equal or better right. talent that we right, lost yeah. to. He didn't, we, you know, we, we did peel one up with McNeese State that time yeah. where, you know, yeah. uh, Ramirez had that Ramirez, ball run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, we didn't have a lot of hiccups. Jay, we're – Nebraska right now, and we haven't for a long time, we don't have an identity. We don't have an identity yeah. on either side of the ball. 
And it's I mean, regardless of who was in our, regardless of who the coaches were. I mean, we can go from Callahan. We can go from uh, now Bowie obviously had deep spot. Throw Bo out of it. Callahan had no identity other than we just air the ball out. But we also we were playing catch up half the game. Yeah, yeah you so get those, good stats. You get those are empty. Stats. Yeah, those are empty stats. When Chuck people say duck. against uh, when KU what hung seventy or something like well, that. But you got to remember that, that was the defense's fault. Yeah, the, the offense was Callahan always had good always offense. had all good offense. Right. And we just it was either one or the other. We couldn't just get them mesh. all on the same page. Yeah, the mesh. mesh. Well, yeah. like Cosgrove you said. had it figured out in 06 with Stu Bradley, Jay Moore, yes. and Carriker. I mean, that yes. was a good defense. That was a great defense. And then the next year, <laughs> those guys were gone. Right. And, and, you know, they they just didn't, they weren't built for it. And the Big 12 had that record year that yeah. year. And his scheme was not ready for the Big 12 07. Sure. Right. But see, that's you're making my point right there. The ability to adjust to your talent right. is a hidden gem with coaches. And here's yeah. why if you watch Alabama this year, when they, against Texas, they struggled a little bit. And mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that people don't understand is what really took – well, Nick Saban did two things. He went from a run-run heavy offense, just beat you up mm-hmm. with multiple backs, and then he brought in uh, Sark and, and, and Lane Kiffin to get a little bit of spread into it. Right. Didn't miss his principles, but he, just, he's, he has the ability to do that. Then Sark and those other coaches brought in the vertical passing game. So now he can take his offense and his team anywhere. The thing that they're missing this year – is somebody to take the top off. So now Nick Saban even said if you kind of listen to him or listen between the coach speak, they, they're still trying to figure out how to right. be an explosive offense with a new personnel. Mm-hmm. That's why I think what I think is missing at Nebraska where whether it's offense, defense, you can say a little bit with special teams, but I think, like I said, you take Bo out of it. You can talk about Cosgrove. You can even talk about on the flip side with Callahan. If you know the defense is struggling, then your offense has to change. Right. Um, and so I think – the ability to adjust is going to be huge, and, it, and it's, it's, it's something that you have to embrace. It's almost like you go your main game plan in the, in the left pocket, your backup in the, in the right pocket, and the back, two back pockets, you got emergency. A little mixture yeah. of everything. Yeah. Sean, let me ask you this. We'll bring it back to two weeks ago. When did you get the call there was going to be a press conference? Um, noon. About thir- I had about 30 minutes heads up before it actually came out, um, but <laughs> – yeah, you know, I, I knew. Take so, us through that. Take us through that day, if you would. Well, morning. I went to church at nine thirty, and did you did you say a prayer for some of the coaches? <laughs> Dear Lord, I, look, I, I hope they make it to Monday. Priest Father Broviak, I walked in and said, "It's going to be an interesting day, Father." And did you think, "Hey, can I get a couple a couple holy waters? So I go sprinkle some of these these coaches because they need it." But then I, there was somebody I knew in there that was close to Frost at the same church service, and, and that person I saw leave early. And people don't usually leave early, and I'm and I'm like, huh. <laughs> yeah, unless they gotta go to the bathroom, unless there's an emergency. Yeah. And I said, this this is interesting because, and then you know, I heard some things about a meeting and 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 things happening, um, but it happened. Yeah, just there's no easy way to do it. Right. I mean, no. and the way tra- how it all went down, and um, I think we were so caught up in that seven and a half million dollar buyout change mm-hmm. yeah. in October first. But you know, I thought about it more. You know, big noon kickoff was here last week. How could you, with a straight face, have rolled Scott Frost out there yeah. and say, "Go talk to Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson and Urban right. Meyer and Leonard and Bush and act like you're going to be wrong. nothing's yeah. wrong"? I mean, right. I just don't think that would have played out very mm-hmm. well, and that's worth to me a lot more than seven and a yeah. half million dollars yeah. to, to kind of turn the page and you know. Get, and granted, the game didn't go very well for Nebraska, but it changed the narrative. Yeah, it changed the narrative. And if that would have been Scott Frost's game. You know, that would have been, been all over him and the, the focus of that. Um, and the stadium would have been nasty. Right. Oh, it would have been ruthless. So, hey, Sean, I always wanted to ask, so, so when things like this happen, 
you know, obviously with Frost or Shenander or even prior, like Mike Riley and all that stuff. Are you like a doctor that's on call? You just you could be with your, your wife and kids. And, and Pretty much. Yeah, you could be at the Lincoln Zoo. You're like, hey, honey, get, you, you, hey, Uber, Uber home. So I, I, yeah, I went in the office like right away the last yeah. two Sundays, like go to church, go right in the office, and I'm the one that calls Sipple and Robin Washhead, and I'm like, Sip, Frost is getting fired. Like, get, get down to the office right. now. And yeah. Sipple's like, what? We're hearing that. I go, just trust me, get down here right now, you know. <laughs> so, trust me. You know, yeah. like, th- those are the hardest days on this job is, like, when you don't know what's coming. Yeah. And, you know, when you, know, when you like, when Mike Riley got fired on the day after Black Friday. Like, yeah. You it's like, that. okay, right. like, we're going to get down there and we know he's going to get yeah, fired. that was coming. Yeah. Um, Bob Diaco. Bob Diaco. Bill Callahan. Yeah. Uh, what I remember about Bill Callahan, they played on Friday in Colorado. It was, like, a 10 a.m. kick because of the mountain kick time out mm-hmm. there. So, we all flew back and – and I was back at Memorial Stadium like 6 or 7 in the morning, and Osborne fired him like at 7 in the morning, and he drove off, and then that was it, you know. Good morning. Yeah, it was. It was a wrap. We've been through too many of these things. I mean, like yeah. the, the Bo one, I always was told that Bo, when he went to meet with Icor, say this one, you know, they went nine wins. Yeah. He didn't think he was going to get fired. He thought it was kind of like, hey, let's figure wow, this out right. meeting. And then and he's like, no, we're not figuring this out. I'm, I'm making a move on you right now. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what really – I guess, quote-unquote, set Bo off. Um, now, I will say this about that situation. I know when Bo wanted some support, um, it wasn't there from i Yeah, he was going to get two recruiting staff hires, right? right. Yeah, or was supposed to. And then, and, then, and then, then it kind of he kept dangling it out there, right. pulling it back, dangling out there. But you won't it. get to pick these hires. Right, yeah, yeah. So then, you know, it's, it's kind of like I'm helping you, but I'm really hurting you at the same time. So, you know, I think – Right now, um, you know, I wanted to ask what your feeling is. You know, how does something like this uh, affect recruiting, um, you know, moving forward? As Mickey said, he's got, they're operating as, as they're going to be here and they're, they're going to leave the place in a better place than they found it. It's challenging with recruiting right yeah. now. Um, you know, the coaches will go on the road this week. Now, you can't make in-home visits right now or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, the only time coaches can go in the living room is – starting the Sunday after Thanksgiving and you get about two or three weeks in December and then about two weeks in January where you can visit seniors in the home. And that's mm, it. That's it. Um, so like Dylan Riola never could have been visited by Scott Frost or, you know, like in, in the home because right. of the recruiting rules that were out right. there. Right. Um, so like there, you know, like this right now you'll go to these games and you could bump into a guy and say, Hey, what's up, Jay? Yeah. Good job, Jay. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's what you're allowed that's to it. do. That's, right. that's technically. Or you can sit there and stare at him. And, yeah, and just, <laughs> oh, does it, does, is he really six two? What do you think, AD? Uh, he looks about six one and a half. Sean, what do you think? Meanwhile, no, this kid's going four. stranger danger. Yeah. Who is this staring yeah. at me? So they'll, they'll go out to yeah. a few games. I think I'm guessing Barrett or somebody's going to go out to watch that tight end from Ainsworth. He's a 2024. Mm-hmm. He's got right. like Wisconsin and Iowa and Nebraska. He's yeah, a big kid. Um, he's playing in cha- Chambers on Thursday, so I, I bet they'll have someone there. Uh, Pierce, Nebraska. They've not gone up and seen him yet. Okay. Um, and then Mickey's going to go down to Louisiana and, and go see. I think Monroe and New Orleans is where he's heading, right? Yeah, um, Moreno plays uh, Monroe. Or, or, trying to think. A.J. Allen's high school plays O'Marion Miller's high school. So hopefully maybe he can run into some people with A.J. Yeah. Allen too because you know, we were talking about this. Like a guy like A.J. Allen, he's played four great games. He's now hurt for the year. How many DMs do you think he's going to be getting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I mean, well, I don't think – I mean, depends on – uh, 
Zappa White's still here. I think he's pretty good. I think that uh, here's the thing that people don't understand, and this is what these young kids need to understand. If Mickey would recruited you and you have a good relationship with Apple White and Apple White's here, you need to stay here. Yeah, you get the DMs, but you're still going to go somewhere else and have to compete. And start over and again. And four games isn't nothing. That's tiddly poo. Um, but he's still, he's, he's played well enough to do it. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to kind of pump the brakes. It's always nice to be wanted. Okay. Um, but it's also better to be appreciated and you want a relationship with the coach and you're going to start over. Um, and so, yeah, I'm sure, you know, people are going to try to, you know, poach off the roster, but that's why it's going to be so huge for these next eight games. In my opinion, well, you're going to get a good evaluation of Mickey if he can do the job long-term. And you're going to get a good evaluation of the other coaches as well if, it, if there's a potential other head coach. Right. So there's two dates to watch here. Number one, December 5th. Fifth, right. That's the first day the portal mm. opens. That's opening day the, of deer hunting season. Right. You it's, know, it's, it's called the – Sean, we renamed it the Vortex. It's like the Vortex <laughs> off, of, off of Star <laughs> Wars. You there. know, when you went into warp speed, that's it. You instantly go into warp speed into the unknown, and who knows if you come out the other end. Mm. I mean, that's, that's what it is. That day is going to be nuts. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like the Twitter tweet updates and roster updates. Right. But then you have the you technically have 30 days from when your coach is fired to enter the portal. So Nebraska players could enter still, the portal in a couple weeks. Still have about two weeks to go in the mm-hmm. portal if they want to. But what does it matter? Yeah. Right now. Yeah. But the fifth is when it opens up to everybody. Yeah. And that's yeah. and then the other thing you got to wonder how many guys at game four that have a red shirt could say, I, I, I'm going to red shirt now and sit out. Is that, a, is that something to you think? Mean, you mean freshman? Or any, any player that maybe hasn't red shirted in their career. Oh, yeah. Like that's something, you know, that could be out there. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it's something to watch next week. Yeah. Stay up until I mean, basically next week, the, the next Indiana game. Indiana game. Yeah. And they can yeah. make that decision. And they can say, Coach, I'm, I'm going to red shirt now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to kind of. But, but Nebraska already played four games, though. Yeah, after four. So you can play four. Okay, but they've already so, played four. Right, so that's the that's the cutoff. That's it. So they can't play another game. So this off week doesn't count. But right. I'm saying that they can't if they if they, they can't play, play the Indiana, Indiana game. Yeah, it's yeah. off the books. I mean, it's you know, it's a lot of what ifs, and, and uh, so we'll I get into get the, that, in this in this next uh, segment. We got three more minutes, but you know, <clears throat> how important it is it to keep your best recruiters uh, on a staff, regardless if you're you know. The incumbent with Nikki or if Mickey, you know, keeps you know the you know the job and the head coach for the foreseeable future, or a new coach. How important is that? I think with just the roster management that's going to have to go on to retain players, you're going to have to keep probably one to three coaches. Um, right, for sure that first year. Right. I mean, Mickey Applewhite, Bush are are the main priority guys. I mean, Ryle possibly. I, right. I, I, but you know, like. It, it just depends on who you hire and, and right. what they want. Yeah. But I think one or two have to be kept. Um, just or you're to, starting over. Otherwise, you could have 40 guys going to port. Right. And, and that and that pretty much you're done. You're almost like on. You're starting to ground zero. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much on, you know, uh, like SMU. You're just starting. You're, you're, your roster is gutted. Um, and real short, here's why I always wanted to ask you this, is how big of a crapshoot is it getting a guy out of the portal or from high school? Because it seems to me everybody thinks the portal is like you're getting a bunch of gems, but it looks like you're getting a bunch of, like, fool's gold, you know, coming out of there uh, because there's always something deeper than why you're in the portal. 
majority of the time. And yeah. you find out later because you lift up the hood and kind of like, wait a minute, I didn't see this before you got yeah. here. Like, you a, look at A.J. Allen, high school guy. I mean, if you can find that kind of guy. And Anthony mm-hmm. Grant was a Juco guy that yeah. nobody wanted. Right. Because he was, was at what, New Mexico uh, military? Military. military well, he went to Florida State. Right. And his mother passed away and, and had to step away yeah. and deal with his personal, just what he was battling. Absolutely. And then um, went to Garden City. Yeah. Had to leave there. Goes to the New Mexico military. Mm-hmm. Won the National Player of the Year. It was between us and, like, Arkansas State. Oh, wow. And so there was no, – they didn't even have to use NIL to get Anthony Grant here. Right. It, it was just a – it was just a guy that needed – you know, like, a spot opened up. And Steve, I think Steve Cooper, the GA uh, or analyst, was the one that stood on the table for him. So, mm-hmm. you know, think about where this team would be without those two guys. Right. Brian yeah. Applewhite brought A.J. Allen, and, and Steve Cooper brought in – uh, Anthony Grant. Because right. Allen was committed to TCU first, right. wasn't he? And he yeah. made that move after Applewhite came up here. And I, I know when they were looking at the running backs coach, they really wanted a guy that could bring somebody with yeah. him, a, a player. And, and that was A.J. Allen. And he's probably the best high school guy they added to the roster. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, as far as, like, you know, again, like the recruiting, in your experience or what you hear, what's more appealing to coaching staffs, recruiting – because you hear some coaching staffs like, oh, I just, I, I just love the portal because they view it as easier. There might be some tape. Or do you think coaches want to get a high school guy that maybe they can kind of really develop. develop? Well, I think if you're Brent Venables at Oklahoma, he knows he's got lots of time right now. He's, he's going primarily high school. He's right. taking the Dabo Sweeney approach. Right. He wants to build. But here, where you have a gun to your head right now, like mm-hmm. it's like and you had some recruiting misses and developmental misses yeah. and other things happen. That's why Nebraska had to do what they did, and it was a big time boomer bust strategy, as we yeah. as, as we now know. I mean, they added some. Good, Casey Thompson's a good player. Yeah, right. Um, Trey Palmer, absolutely. Marcus Washington, good right. players. IGC, IGC. Um, yep. But on defense, Oshan hasn't done what you would think. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He right. hasn't done what you would think. But and, what was the thought of he was going to do? Well, he had ten sacks in the Big Twelve. So you yeah, thought that, was, that he could get like to a two quarter. Two years ago, right? Well, what did he do last year? Four, right? Right. So it's, you, you, I always add one or ten plus four. Seven is the max. Mm-hmm. Get what I'm saying? Um, you know, he could see – now, you ain't getting much, many pass rush attempts when you're down 35 points. Right. You know, right. and so there's a lot that goes to it as well. Tommy Hill, I thought, was going to be better. I mean, I think we all did. Travis right. Fisher, for him – Travis Fisher, on the record, said that if Tommy Hill plays with his potential, his name could be on this stadium someday. Right. And T. Yeah. Fish doesn't typically yeah, say he so. Don't. Yeah. He's pretty reserved. Yeah, he's pretty reserved. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't – I usually not – didn't used to, like, deal with what ifs, you know, <laughs> uh, because those are – that's, like, a lot of potential. So, that's the first segment down. We are going to break uh, old school with Sean Callahan and Aaron Davis. We're going to come back and we're going to dive into a little bit more – of in-state recruiting versus uh, the 500-mile radius and national recruiting. We'll be back. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.